Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Welcome back to the Hackberry House, a daily podcast devoted to the Word of God and the persecuted church of North Korea. My name is Bob, and this is podcast number 192. It's June 20, 2015. Today we want to spend some time again with the group Crossing Borders. That's a Christian Korean group here in Chicagoland that ministers to North Korean refugees and does a bunch of other things. I'm reading today from their 2014 annual report some statistics about North Korea. And as I look through here, I realize some of these stats are a little old, several years, and yet things don't change that much in North Korea. Uh, better or worse. Um, Let's talk about food. Food in North Korea. 700 calories per day. What's that about? President Jimmy Carter in 2011 said that North Korea has reduced its average calorie intake from 1,400 calories per day to 700. 700. Normal calorie intake for a person in the developed world, where we live, we're at maybe 2,500 per day. And that's from BBC News, April 25, 2011. Again, a little bit old, but not really. We hope it got better somewhere. They show a chart here, it's a fascinating chart, of the different percentages of where the, the, um, where the food comes from. What um, <laughs> daily grams per person... Um, in terms of fat, in terms of grain, produce, dairy and eggs, meat, and so on. Well, you look at the world, the world, the whole world, put all that together, about 45% of your daily grams, which is 1,878 per person per day, uh, 45% of that comes from grain. Now, that compares favorably to China. That compares favorably to South Korea. So the world and China and South Korea roughly have about the same amount of grain per day. In the United States, we only have 22% of our daily intake from grain. North Korea has 63% of its daily intake from grain. Where does the rest come from? Well, in the world, you've got maybe 11% produce. 8% dairy and eggs, 9% meat, 6% other, 20% sugar and fat. That's the world. You move over to, say, China. Um, Some of those numbers are about the same, although a lot more in the meat category in China than uh, from the whole world, and a lot less of other, and uh, only 11% from sugar and fat. So there you go. You, you can see why in China, not, every, not too many Chinese are fat people. In North Korea, not too many fat either. 10%, 10% of the diet of a North Korean is sugar and fat compared to 37% in the United States. Mm. And, well, the numbers go on, of course, showing North Korea in uh, a very bad situation in terms of what it eats meaning it eats a lot of rice, and that's about it. Produce would be second. Uh, I'm looking at the dairy and eggs, 1%. 
meet 5% compared to 13% in the United States and so on. Talk about starvation. Um, if you don't eat enough as a child, you don't grow. Your growth is stunted. Of course, we could go into the spiritual there, uh, talking about how we need to eat the Word and all, but that's not exactly where I want to go. In fact, the, the spiritual connection that you and I need to, to make is, uh, you can go back and read my uh, blog and, and listen to my last audio about gluttony. That's the spiritual connection we're making today. A child who is <clears throat> stunted or chronically malnourished often appears to be normally proportioned but is actually shorter than normal for his or her age, according to UNICEF. UNICEF reported in 2013 that the stunting rate amongst North Korea's young was at 27.9% of all the children under the age of five. Think of it. Over a fourth of all the children under five are going to have stunted growth. According to Marcus Noland, and I don't know who that is, but stunting of that degree at that age is irrecoverable and confers a lifetime of physical and mental challenges. Shorter lifespan, the life expectancy in North Korea, 61.4 years if you're a male, 67 if you're a female. South Korea, 74 if you're a male, 81 if you're a female. The United States, average height. I'm sorry, I can't, I didn't convert this into feet and inches, but you can see the numbers uh, and see the difference here. If you're in the United States, your average male height is going to be 177 centimeters. Female, 163. Compared to North Korea, 165 and 154. You say, oh, this is just numbers. Yeah, they're numbers, um, but they're people behind those numbers, <clears throat> people that are hurting, people that we can help. Not just people. We're not social workers, primarily. We are ministers of the gospel, but our people, our people are suffering over there, too. God's people suffer. And... Uh, we are the reason that they suffer sometime. I didn't say all the time. But there's enough food in, in the Christian world to help the Christian world. There's enough. But we're holding it all here. We haven't found a way to get it to them. Well, a lot of people have, but not enough of us. North Korea is ranked 178 out of 178. In the Heritage Foundation's 2015 Index of Economic Freedom, most of their property belongs to the state. The state controls all significant economic activity in their lives. And limited foreign participation is allowed in the economy through special economic zones, investment in which is approved on a case-by-case -case basis. That's from the Heritage Foundation. So, who are some of the uh, other countries here? What would be the, the, the people that would have the, the highest economic freedom? The United States would be up there, number one, right? United States is number 12 in that category. Hong Kong is number one, followed by Singapore, New Zealand, Australia, and so on. 
going from the bottom up, North Korea is at the very bottom, followed by Cuba, going up to Venezuela, Zimbabwe, Eritrea, and so on. Uh, we're dealing with a pretty rough situation here. And you know, even if it is just the world, although we're not doing that, as I said, we're not social workers, but even if we were social workers, Jesus said to make friends of the people of the world by means of money. Called it the mammon of, of unrighteousness. Their money. Take your money and make friends of people who need that. And, and one day, when they come to Christ because of your money, uh, you'll have a friend in heaven. I know that I am a product of a bag of groceries that was put on my doorstep. My parents then felt obligated to go to church. They had never gone to my church or the church that would become mine. It was the church at the corner. People had visited us and tried to get us there. They, they just kept saying no. But when the bag of groceries showed up, my recollection is that mom and dad took little Bobby, me, to church. First time I'd ever been to church. Nine, eight, nine, I don't know how old I was. Just a young boy. Do you know they never went back to that church or any church? I never stopped from that day. I've been in church all my life ever since then. Now, being in church is not the same as being saved, I understand, but salvation did come to me and a lot of other good things, a lot of lot of good things, but started with a bag of groceries. So maybe there is something we could do in North Korea. Well, let's see, North Korea's major source of income. I'm just paging through for those who just tuned in. <laughs> Crossing Borders 2014 Annual Report. North Korea needs to import goods from the outside world, but its currency has little value on the world market. North Korea participates in a variety of legal and illegal enterprises in order to make it happen. They have drug sales, for example. It's a known producer of heroin and crystal meth. Produces about one ton of drugs per month, according to refugees who have worked in these sectors. Then there's currency counterfeiting. It's been said to be the manufacture of unusually high-quality counterfeit U.S. $100 bills. Check your next $100 bill. The U.S. Secret Service has dubbed these bills super notes. Experts have estimated that North Korea produces between 15 million to 250 million in counterfeit U.S. bills every year. Approximately 50 million in super notes have been removed by the U.S. Secret Service since 1989. We have no idea how much they're counterfeiting because it's so good. Wow. Well, those are the bad things they do. Do they do anything good? Yeah, there's some an industrial complex, a legal joint venture with South Korea. The, the, the first thing good that they do has to be done with another country, which is how it's supposed to be. 123 South Korean companies manufacture goods just north of the DMZ using cheap North Korean labor. South Korea pays North Korea U.S. dollars, and North Korea pays its workers a converted rate, which it determines. The complex provides North Korea with approximately 80 to 100 million dollars a year. Each worker makes about 60 to 135 dollars a month. 
Well, I guess the individual citizens didn't do too well with that, but that's how North Korea is getting along. North Korea is said to pay these workers about 45% of this estimate. Then there's trade with China. China represents North Korea's largest trading partner. China's trade volume with North Korea in 2013 was about $6 billion. North Korea imports crude oil from China, exports coal and iron to China, who pays a discounted rate for these items. Then there's tourism. Believe it or not, tourism uh, helps North Korea stay afloat. About 4,000 Western tourists, maybe 237,000 Chinese tourists, visited the country in the year 2012. And they make about $100 million a year from that. Then there's the export of labor. North Korea earns hard currency by renting its workers out overseas. The country gets paid in foreign currency. The workers get paid in North Korean currency, converted at a rate determined by the North Korean government. Some of the things they do, they operate restaurants in China. North Koreans do this. And in Southeast Asia. Construction and logging in Russia. Medical work in the Middle East and North Africa. Factory work in the Czech Republic building political statues and teaching taekwondo in Mali, Benin, Botswana, Zimbabwe, Namibia, and Senegal. Takes an estimated 50 to 90% of each worker's income, North Korea does, and the North Korean government makes 150 to 230 million a year from these laborers. Then there's remittances. Sending money into North Korea has become a reliable way for refugees to help those they left behind in North Korea. About half of South Korea's 27,000 defectors send remittances back to North Korea. It was about $11 million that way in 2011. And then there's arms sales. Though estimates on how much the regime makes from their arms deals, uh, the, uh, the global community knows this activity is happening. North Korean arms have turned up in Libya, Panama, other places in the Middle East, and Africa. Not such a good thing there, and the drug's not so good. But there are some legitimate ways. They're somehow staying afloat. Well, I think we'll have to stop right there. There's more in the book that I would like to cover at another time. And uh, I think you'll be fascinated by some of the facts that I give you. Fascination is not what I'm after, though. I'm after you, your prayers, your prayers. Please pray for North Korea. Tomorrow we'll talk about some incidents of persecution, and there are many of them in the country. Try to bring you up to date on what's going on that way. Psalm 31.9 is how we began today, and that's how we end. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Amen.